ladies and gentlemen, sit back, put your feet up, it's time for the Other Three Amigos podcast, with Declan McCormack, Wayne Mullins and Dan. Three lads, one podcast. On this week's episode of the Other Three Amigos podcast, stinging people with ticket prices and the state of the pitch, are Stags a new market for the club? The Finger Lickers review 10 players making their city debut who impressed the most. We hear directly from the toe tappers as we go to the WhatsApp line and will we have any success in Bally Buffet? All this and more on this week's episode of the Other Three Amigos podcast. Welcome back to Toe Tap Season 4, Episode 4. Episode 180th Portal. I'm not sure what shout out this. We are on your award winning podcast. A reminder, we are on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash SOTAP. A reminder about our news here packages on Patreon. I can stop shouting now. It's a five euro per month flat fee and 10 euro if you want to support the pod even further with the same content. You get full access to all historical TOTAP content. And thank you to all who joined last week. It keeps growing week on week. Thank you so much. Uh, the, a reminder, the one, two and three euro tiers are now gone and those subscriptions are cancelled. Be sure to retweet the pod as it's so important to, to help us grow. And a reminder, we are proud sponsors of Jack Doherty's booth. There's already 40 euro going to Marymount Hospice here in Cork. I am delighted to be joined by my other two amigos. We're mixing things up a little this week, but um, Dicky, I'll come to you first. How are you getting on, sir? I said sir first, sorry. <laughs> as the song played, as the song said, I mean, it's everything's wonderful. Sunshine, lollipops, rainbows, everything couldn't be better. Could not be better. I still didn't get that feeling being in the first division, but look. Wayne is on holidays. He took his annual leave from Totap Towers this week. Uh, he's in London at the moment. Uh, looking very cranky next to all the monuments. But we're delighted to be joined by John O'Sullivan. How are you getting on, John? It's our first pod together. It is, Dan. It's lovely to see you You know, in real life <laughs> and moving around rather than just a WhatsApp message here and there. Not, not quite real life yet. It's still uh, yeah. <laughs> a poor enough all service we have, but we'll make do. Right, but first off, we're going to around the club. Uh, in our under-20 scene, the club announced that Stephen Birmingham has stepped down due to work and family reasons. And our under-14s, there's no results of these, not even on FAI Connect, but they played uh, both Shamrock and Shells in the tournament on Friday, I believe. Our women's senior team, they announced the signing of Colleen Kennedy. Uh, she's played in Iceland and Sweden. Uh, John, what do you make of this appointment? Uh, really good. Um, she's uh, come out of the US, played um, in college over there, um, played in Sweden for a year before moving to the top flight in Iceland for a couple of years. Uh, it's a good appointment. It's exactly the type of player that we've been looking for. 27 years old, a lot of experience, and by all accounts in pre-season, she's been doing really well. So all good. Continuing the lollipop sunshine rainbows. <laughs> Great stuff. And Trish Fenley-Hunt. Uh, appointed manager of the women's under-19 side. Uh, the club still haven't announced it, but uh, everyone knows it with the month. So we're just going to go ahead and say it now. Uh, hopefully our journalistic integrity won't be called into question this time. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go now. It's that time. Kami Watch with Ivan Draco on the Other Three Amigos podcast. Oh, 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 
the ticket prices were the big talking point really on Friday afternoon slash night. Uh, Michael O'Brien on Twitter says charging twenty euro at the gate for adults entry. Heard so many people giving out about it on Friday night. If they expect big crowds this season, that will have to be addressed, in my opinion. So online on Tigerco, I believe um, I paid fifteen euro tenner for senior and juvenile, and then it was five euro for a child. But then the walk-ups, it was twenty euro online, and fifteen for the senior slash juvenile, and then tenner for a child. Lads, your thoughts on this one? There was people there outside the ticket hut waiting, like older gentlemen, and I was kind of half fit to tell them, like, lads, you do know it's changed tonight. John. Yeah, uh, yeah. look, I guess when when the message went up, I suppose it went up quite late, and it's kind of hard for people to adapt to it then. Um, but yeah, your your thoughts really are for those people that might not be savvy online or, you know, wouldn't be that, you know, wouldn't be that used to buying stuff online, so maybe, you know, OAPs, things like that. Um but it was 15 euros walk up. I, I don't know how that relates to last year's prices, but yeah, it's 20 is the, the highest price in the division. I know you can buy them online, but we're, we're a lot more. Is it the price. highest price in even the premier division? Like who else is charging 20 euro for, for a ticket? Sh- Shamrock. I don't know if they are, to be honest. Most, I, I checked it. Most of the premier division clubs are 20 quid. Um, a ticket this time around. Derry City are nineteen pounds sterling, whatever that now um, works out in terms of euros. Twenty one, twenty one, um, yeah, Okay, so like I mean, Shams, Waterford, Galway, Bowes were all twenty quid on Friday night. Bowes in one of their stands, I'm not sure which is which. They're twenty in one of the stands, and the other stand was sixteen and eleven. And it was free for kids in that stand then. But as I said, 20 quid across the board seems to be the pricing in the Premier Division. First Division, it's almost 15 quid across the across the board. Treaty mm-hmm. were 12 on Friday night for their game. And you could bring kids for free for the 12 quid, which was quite impressive. Bray have a number of family tickets where you can basically it works out that the child is three euros on top of the price that you've paid. So they have like a grandfather can bring his 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 say grandson or grandkids for a tenner for himself as a senior and then three euro ahead after that, you know. So he could bring three grandkids and himself for twenty quid into the Carlisle grounds, you know. Um yeah. look, the issue isn't I don't think the issue is our pricing per se. It's the walk okay, it's the walk up price. The online price is fifteen, it's the same as most of the clubs yeah. in the first division. The walk-up price, and look, I arrived at the ground about 20 to 7, so I drove past the ground, and I actually put into the WhatsApp group just people everywhere. I was kind of shocked at at how busy there was around the ground at that stage. So, And there was a lot of people queuing, as Dan said, for ticket huts, and you just knew this was going to be an issue. And as I was walking in, say 15 minutes later, walking, you could hear people talking about it in their own groups and in their own conversation, it was 20 quid. It was 20 quid. I know a lot of the old age pensioners were upset by the 15 quid. They, like they wouldn't As, have seen it on, you know, Twitter or yeah. where, where it was announced, yeah. you know, they just wouldn't have known. Yeah. And to be stung yeah. by that. And that's at, the thing. At the gate is tough. Yeah, that's the thing. And look, the old age pensioners are the one group who won't be online. You know, you can't say they won't all be online, but like 
you know, my mother's 73. Yeah. She can't turn on a computer. She doesn't, you know, and lots of people that are the same. Well, she's actually, no, she's yeah. delighted. She's 76. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But she's like herself. You know, the, po- the point I'm making, like, yeah, is that <laughs> people of that generation aren't online as such, and they're the ones who feel like that they're getting crucified right, because saw. they were five euros two years ago in the same division, and now they're 15 if they walk up, 10 online. I was going to say I'd do away with the walk-up prices if I were the club and just 15 euro and, and that's it, you know. Um, you could kind of understand, I, I suppose, if it was, you know, 16, 17, 17, 50, all right, a bit awkward for change, uh, I think as Wayne said in the group, but, you know, it's less of a steep, steep decline as that five euro, like, and um, I just don't really understand the move, but I suppose you trust that Dermot Usher, the businessman, that there's something behind it, but I don't, particularly know what that is there, there would be a small cost associated with printing physical tickets to sell them yeah. on uh, but i think the i think what the club probably missed a bit on it is when people are buying the tickets online it's not so much the saving the money it's avoiding the queues it's the fact you can have it on your phone you can scan it walking in the gate so i don't know that people who are buying their tickets online are necessarily doing it for the less cost as as opposed to getting into the ground that little bit easier, that little bit faster, because it, it does run quite smoothly when you have your, your ticket on the phone or whatever it is. But yeah, a lot, a lot of people seem to be, you know, discussing it on Friday night. And yeah, it was definitely... 100% a, a agree. If it's a big game, you're going to want that paper ticket. I mean, well, if we ever do end up playing Bayern Munich again, <laughs> there'll be some cute lads waiting for that printed ticket. I'd be wondering, I tell you that. That's true, actually. There's some collectors out there. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, the women's season ticket was also announced today. It's 79 euro, uh, and the kids are free. So, lads, uh, Decky, do you think this is a good value for money? Yeah, I do. Fair play to the club. Um, 80 quid for 10 home games, um, eight euro pop. You can't complain, um, for what's, a, what's on offer. I did see somebody online say. Does it, you know, being funny, does it include your games in Bishopstown or alluding to that movement to games and whatnot? And I think that is something I was going to say to bear in mind, but you know what? It isn't really because it's 80 quid. Do you know what I mean? You spend it on a night out easy, like, you know, so um, I think it's good value. When when I was speaking to Danny a few weeks back, he said they will not be playing in Bishopstown this season at all. I know, and we'll get to it later on, but the state of the pitch on Friday night yeah. at half time. Shocking. I mean, it's. I know Danny is adamant that they won't and that the MFA, you know, and the FAI and everybody else will have to step up. But when you saw the state of the Turner's Cross pitch on Friday night, the first thought in my head was the women are going to get crucified again this season. You know, that was, and I hope I'm wrong, and I hope they do play all their games at Turner's Cross. And I know Danny is adamant that they will. <sighs> it's hard to see it. Could be wishful thinking in that department, but um, I suppose look, kids free. That's a great initiative, anyway, John, isn't it? It is. I. It's the same pricing as it was last year, and the club also do it like a physical season ticket as well. So last year I bought season ticket for myself and got one each for the three kids, but that was effectively free. You were just paying for the, the price of the card like so they all had their season tickets for the season last year we were gotten down to games so it's smashing value if you've got kids to be honest that should, that want to go to games and a lot of the time it's actually it's a lovely environment in, in, to introduce kids to 
Turner's Cross and matches as well because it's that little bit quieter typically and you know there's always a lovely atmosphere around but no I think I think it's great value oh there is I'll get photos of the players after and stuff it's brilliant but uh, Decky when are are the the women's matches being held there was something outside Turner's Cross the other day I was a bit confused about it to when I could actually (laughs) go attend the match I mean look um (laughs) Yeah, there was a great yeah, you're some shit, sir. There was a great <laughs> advert put up, Kirasena on it, you know, big, well done, fantastic. And unfortunately the dates in it were wrong. It was pointed out to us. I got a message about it, I got a voice note about it, uh, via WhatsApp. And um Eileen had also noticed it and produced a photograph and whatnot. So look, it's just not good enough and it's it's we always say the club and the club was at fault. The club, like they, they printed it, they, they put it up. I know they didn't physically put it up, but it was a mistake. I know it's an honest mistake, but still it is, it's a poor mistake when there's five and a half thousand people in Turner's Cross last Friday night that the dates and the women's games are wrong and there's just, just no getting away from it. And we're not looking to hammer anybody. We're not looking to, to go after people. The club made a mistake. They made an error. It will be corrected. Brilliant. I hope there's five and a half thousand there to see the corrected version. That's that's where the damage can be done, you know. Um, but look, it is what it is. And um, But this podcast is always going to point that kind of stuff out. And I saw some people online saying we're petty and oh, we're vindictive. And look, it's, it is what it is. We're always going to point these mistakes out. Because they're pointed out to us. As I said, I got a voicemail about it. On WhatsApp, that was the first I knew of it. Um, so, look, I mean, that's where we are on these things. I'm afraid we're always going to point them out. Always. And as as Eileen said, look, it wouldn't happen to the men's team. No, it wouldn't. No, <laughs> obviously yeah. not. Probably obviously not. not. Yeah, yeah. The thing there, I think, though, is you've got... The, the unfortunate thing is if that's an online ad or something like that, you whip it down, put it back up straight away... They just need to have a process probably within the club where there's two or three people signing off on anything that's permanent. Like it's the same as if it was a mistake in the program. Once it's physically out there, it's much harder to correct it. And again, look, mistakes happen, and, and we know the staff in there are spread pretty thin. But oh, yeah. look, a mistake, a mistake. And look, I I didn't even see it um, on Friday night. To be honest, it was only when when I kind of heard about it on the WhatsApp group after this. It was after happening, you know. But look, it's yeah. it is what it is. Like like he said. Yeah, we're not looking to hammer anyone, but no, I think the no. staff in there just need more help. It's honestly what it comes down to. Um, Sonus, they, they were announced as the new backup shirt sponsor, but listeners to last week's pod knew this information already. There was quite a bit made about a, a certain stag from England that came over. Um, are they the new target audience, the new target market for Cork City this season, Dickie? There should be. They're, they're one of the areas that should be. I mean, we, you know, people have spoken about this for 10 years. And so summer football here, obviously it happens at a time when there's no football in England and there's no football mm-hmm. in Scotland and, and no football in a lot of the continent. It should be something, not just Cork City, the, the FAI and the League of Ireland should be marketing the league to... British and European customers and saying, look, you have no football at the moment. Why don't you come to Ireland, come to, well, don't go to Dublin, but come to Galway or come to Sligo or come to Cork and have a weekend and maybe have your stag party or, you know, your 
reunion or your work outing or your whatever it might be and taking a cup taking a game of football on a friday night and and enjoy yourselves and um there's a huge market out there for football tourism i mean it's something ireland should understand pretty well because we're probably the biggest are one of the biggest countries uh, users of football tourism. How many people leave this country every weekend to go to the games in England and and no more so are it's happening more that people are going to the continent to games as well. So we should be looking to do that in reverse and bring people in here. And anything that's put in place that does that is 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 to be um, applauded and supported. John, agree? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, like I said, summer or like like I said, summer football is a huge selling point. And like like even you had someone like Blair McNally on the pod. It was the last year, the year before. You know, you've got these lads on YouTube who are, you know, ground hopping, you know, and, and almost doing the yeah. adverts for you. Um, but they're, no, they're, like they're looking for things during summer like that time because yeah, they're so yeah. quiet everywhere else. Yeah, absolutely. It, I, look, it, it's great to see any group in. I suppose the thing is, once they're, you have to have someone running it if you're going to make a job of it, making sure that once they're in, everything's done right. But yeah, no, look, I thought if, if that was an initiative by the club to get someone over uh, or to advertise stags or whatever it was, yeah, it looks a brilliant move. There'd be quieter days in the cross than there were on a Friday night, like and having a stag parties, if it adds an extra few quid into the kitty, all, all positive. Toe tap. Lads, we were mentioned on national well, slash international uh, radio during the week. Shane Keegan spoke about us on Off the Ball while we were lamenting the lack of a nine, Decky. What did you uh, think we heard about this one? Uh, first thought was we might have been a bit um, hasty in lamenting the lack of a nine, having watched Nate Wood on <laughs> Turner's Cross the night before, to be honest with you. Um, but actually, look, I mean, you know, Shane's a big fan of the pod. Um, it's nice to hear him mention us. Johnny Ward is also there, bigging us up. What did he call us? Great guys, was it? Or, oh, no, a great bunch of lads. Like like we were in an episode of Father Ted or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know? Um, so, look, I love fair play. It's always, yeah. yeah, it's always nice to get mentioned. Always nice to be um, to the forefront of important people's thoughts. The first episode of the Rebel Army podcast came out. Lads, did you give this one a listen? John, let's start with you. Yeah, I did. Um, thought it was quite good, to be honest. I mean, look, I know there was a bit of criticism and stuff of it, but like the, the first time you do anything, whether it's a podcast or a book or whatever else, anything at all, there's going to be a few things to iron out. But no, I thought that the interview with Tim Clancy was very good, very interesting. Learned, learned a lot of stuff that I didn't know about him. Um, and like... We kind of were saying in the pod early in the, earlier in the year, like there, there wasn't a great amount of content out there, um, and you know you you need you need the, the manager and the players to be known as well. So, look, I thought it was quite good. I, I look, I'll be straight. I did. I didn't listen for very much to Brian O'Sullivan uh, on the Zoo's packaging part of the podcast, but at the same time, that's a great thing to be able to offer to a sponsor yeah, by the club. Totally. You know, look, we we'll get your name out there, and I, I listened to a bit of it and. Look, if nothing else, I know who Brian O'Sullivan is now, you know, and I, I didn't before the pod. Um, I thought I thought it was quite good, and Stephen was quite correct in um, how cocky the cheetah became a cheetah because I was the chairman at the time. Oh, it should when it was have done. been a red panda, lads. <laughs> should on. have been a red panda, I'm telling you. That was my idea, but he cut it. He cut it down. Red pandas, I'm telling you. They're so cute. <laughs> they are. They're the best. Uh, Dickie, <laughs> what did you make of the pod? Uh, no comment. No comment? No comment. 
Okay, fair enough. Uh, I just thought that, you know the toe tappers might be interested. They might say see it as a cop out that the toe tapper or the toe tap crew weren't speaking about it. No, uh, no, it's not a part. But, but what, like, what good can come of me saying anything about the podcast? Then, like, genuinely, and I mean it, like, nothing. Because if I say twenty positive things about it, and I say one negative thing, the one negative thing is going to be picked up on, and I'm going to be slapped around with it again. So, look, I just, I think personally, for me, I'm not saying Scotty will take the same positioning. I'm not saying Eileen will take. John is happy to speak about. It. I just. Genuinely, I just I I can't see any benefit to me. I listened to it. Fundamentally, I enjoyed it, but like I'm not going to comment on it week after week. I would reference it and things like, "Oh, I heard Tim Clancy say this or anything," but mm-hmm. no, not for me, not for me. I'll be honest with you. You know, I don't think it's the right thing to do. And if yeah. people think I, I'm to, out, I had to put it, then, in. Yeah. then that's 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 they're entitled to think that, but no. No, I had to at least mention it anyway because people would say you didn't even mention it or knowledge. And I think that's probably oh, no, of course. even worse. I, I, I listened to it. I did, honestly didn't listen to all of it. Listened to 20 minutes, got a bit bored and left, but I thought it was decent and decent for the first try, especially, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> Howie and Stephen did a good job, but <laughs> just maybe not for me. And it might not be for a lot of City fans, but fair play, lads, long may, uh, long may it continue. We go to the carry review now. Um, the finger lickers, sorry, KFC, uh, City two, Kerry nil, Jack Doherty, uh, he got he got the brace. Um, two well taken goals by the man. In fairness, ten players made their City debuts. Keen Coleman was the only one not making his. John, I'll come to you first here. What did you uh, What did you make of the game? Uh, listen, all, all positive, really. Brilliant crowd in, good crowd down from Kerry. Um, 99% of it was great. The few things that you might take issue with, I, I wouldn't worry about too much. I thought Aaron Healy was excellent. Carlos Sullivan, brilliant. Matt Kiernan, really good. And they're all, all young lads coming through. Jack Doherty was outstanding. Took both goals brilliantly. Second goal was lovely. Um, and looked like Decky mentioned earlier on. Um, we we were t- talking about maybe not having a nine. Nathan Wood was absolutely mm. brilliant up there. Um, I I, I now I do think like when he was pulling out to the right in the second half, he put a couple of t- fantastic balls into the box. So he he can obviously play in a number number of positions. But yeah, it was it was was really good. Um, few little bits and pieces that probably aren't really worth picking up on too much. Like but like we I don't think we created that many chances in the second half. But we were well on top, well in control. Uh, tougher tests to come. Co- co- yeah, game. it was coast home mode at that point. But like, how yeah. good is it, John, to finally have a shit house in the squad? We- we've been crying out for it all last season, and Nathan Wood giving that little wink to the shade and everything. Like, ah, uh, yeah, no, he's he was to be some man for us over the season. It was it was as good a debut really as as he could have had without scoring. Um, you know, he he was he he was at, getting absolutely wrapped up by the Kerry defence every time the ball went up to him high. Great feet, put Jack in for the second goal. Um moved about really, really well. Um and like the the, the way we played and with him being a target man, I think it, it was kind of as Decky said last week, four two three one, um with, with Evan and Carl playing out wide and Jack in behind. Like he he was excellent. Um really, really good. And he's he's a beast like he's gonna be very popular if he keeps that up. Yeah, I think so. 
Decky, your uh, general thoughts on the game? Yeah, look, I mean, it was a good performance, um, good result. I think when I'm never going to change my um, opinion that we're undercooked coming in from preseason, and I think this was almost like another preseason game with no disrespect to Kerry. But once we got 2-0 up, we knew that they could never never really hurt us. You know, we were never under any real pressure. And I feel like if that game was played in four months' time, we could go and win it 6 or 7-0. But we just... we we. It's not that we didn't bother or we didn't try, but Jack Doherty mentioned that afterwards, you know, that we just... You get 2-0 up and your first game of the season and you know... You know in your heart and soul they don't have the ability to come back into the game against you. And you do kind of see the game out. And I think, as I said it last week, I think the fixture list was kind to us with Kerry at home first because nobody would convince me that we were where we needed to be coming out of preseason. And that's okay because we got this game and we got it in our legs. What's coming the next two games are going to give us a far better indication of mm-hmm. where we are and... Um, what way this season is likely to go. I think there was some areas of concern. As John said, we didn't create anything in the second half. We only had 10 shots at goal in the whole game, as dominant and all as we were. I thought that, like that, I thought our attacking play lacked some um, definitive cutting edge at times. But I think also that that will come as the weeks you know, move on and players become more used yeah. to each other and things like that. And the one thing that we didn't have last year was actually what won us the game. And that was a bit of genuine standout quality on the pitch in, in the form of Jack Doherty. You know, we had quality on the pitch last year in Rory Keating and other players, but they were never standout quality in that, say, the St. Pat's team or the Rovers team or Bowes or whoever was, had players as equally as good. This year, like, and Sean Murray was the other one I wanted to mention as well. Sean Murray just he just meandered around the pitch. It was just like an absolute and total control of what was going on. And it was it was more experienced than anything else. He just knew where to be and when to be there. And he tidied it up. And you gotta remember he was playing a different kind of a role, playing that six. You know, we Shane Keegan has told us he was an eight and a goal scoring eight and a goal scoring ten in his previous lives, but I thought it was very encouraging to see the way he did play that six role the other night. And as I said, it was pure experience. He just he just knew what he needed to do and when he needed to do it. And he never looked like he was out of second gear. And I think um, that's a very encouraging sign as well, because obviously as he gets fitter and he gets more, be more of a license to go forward if Greg was in the side or whatnot. He can exploit um, that ability that he clearly has to just maybe it's because he's probably so much better than the players that he's playing against. And, and he just has things seem to move at a much slower pace for him. So it just allows him to position himself and see the pitch and see the, the situations develop as they do. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing more Sean, obviously Nathan Wood did very well. I spoke about that, you know, all his profile said he was a winger and whatnot, but look, that's why Tim Clancy's the manager of Cork city. And I'm the fat guy in the podcast, you know, it's because Tim has the ability to see, you know, things in players that, okay, maybe he is a winger, but I know I can put him up there and play him as a back to goal nine. And he's, 
a bit of a shithouse and he's going to get the fans on his back or on, on his side and they're going to love him and they're all going to buy into him and he'll generate this atmosphere around himself. And look, he was very good, but like, I'm not going to come on here every week and say it's the first division because that will just suck the soul out of everything. It was a good performance, but Kerry are a poor side. And as I keep saying, next week, Finn Harp's away and then UCD at home will give us a much clearer indication of how where we are as a team and where we are as um, individual players. Yeah, it could be Kerry, one one win in what, 28 or 29 games, something like that. So look, I think uh, yeah. Yeah. much, much tougher tests to come. But Tim also put his faith in the young lads. Uh, Matthew Kiernan at 17, Aaron Healy at 18, Cahill O'Sullivan at 16. And Jaden Uma then coming on at just 15 years of old. It, 15 years old, lads. How good are these lads going to be, like, Decky? Yeah, it's 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 frightening. Like, I mean, Tim had name-dropped Cahill O'Sullivan so often during um, pre-season that there was an expectation around what we were going to see from him. And, geez, he didn't disappoint to be fair. Oh and you got to remember, he was he was played out of position. He was played on the right. Carl's a central midfield player, and you could see at times when he ended up in the centre, he came alive, you know. He dropped his shoulder, he beat a player, he broke the line, you know. When He's not going to play out in the right and, and beat a full back and get a cross in. I don't think he's that kind of player. But when he ends up playing in the, in the middle of the park on a tournament basis for us, Jesus Christ, lads. He could. He genuinely could be anything, you know. And I know I've said Kerry were a poor side and whatnot, but you can see in him. You could see the the, the speed of thought, the how 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 he saw the game around and what how he knew where he needed and what he needed to do. And um, yeah, I mean, look, we've produced some very good players down through the years, but um, Cahill does have the ability to maybe surpass all those players in the years to come. But it's funny, like I was driving home Friday night and I was thinking, what was I doing on a Friday night when I was 16? And most of them, I was trying to get into the keg or somewhere with a, with a, with a fake ID. Like, you know, like these guys are playing pro football in front of five and a half thousand people. Like it's, it's, it's a different world and they deserve oh, every yeah. credit for, for the performances that they put in. All of them. If that if that Uma bicycle kick goes in, holy shit! Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, would have been incredible. Uh, would have been incredible. John, are you looking forward to seeing a uh, Cahill O'Sullivan in a tournament in mid permanent permanently in midfield? Yeah, I oh, know he's look. He was being built up, and the, like Decky said, he didn't disappoint. Um, like I, I, I even put him into the WhatsApp group before the game. Um, and this is a pure afters like when you're betting but um, the, the, you know when they were warming up and they were doing their little you know tight control quick passing put up in the group like Carlos Sullivan is, is the best player we have he was unbelievable like even small little things under pressure he's so comfortable on the ball and he, he, he just carried that into the game um, he was able to take a player on but look I'd agree with Decky there was times in the second half where he moved into the centre and it actually left a load of space out on the the right side for um, Nevin to, to fill into as well. Yeah. And we, we actually really started getting forward there, but he was picking passes and he seems to have an almost uncanny knowledge of where Jack is going to be as well around there. Like if the two of them are playing together, it, you know, and, and inter- interchanging pass or inter, you know, exchanging passes, going to, oh, they're, they're just real. But, ah, oh, look, he's the, the, the last, the last player I saw 
to be honest, that looked that good in that kind of environment. I remember watching Joe Gamble a long time ago at, at 16, 17 against Wolves. And he's the last player I can think of that had that kind of just automatically looked to be in in the right place at that kind of age. You know, he was he's unreal. Yeah. But I think Cahill probably is even more about him, to be honest. He was man of the match for me. And I know Jack got the two goals, but he was the one who really stood out to me. He was unreal. Unreal. Uh, and by the way, Har- Nevin at, at uh, right back was absolutely incredible as well. I forgot to give him a mention there. Yeah, only 19 as well. Um, I, I I do think he he probably, you know, I think he did benefit from having Keane inside him a little bit. Um, going for, like, Tim obviously wants the two full-backs to play really, really high. The first half, um, Nevin and uh, Kieran were pushed on, you know, really, really advanced. And then Aaron Healy was dropping in a little bit in front of them, um, you know, and covering off. Um, but I, I don't know if they'll have the same ability to get that, for, that far forward and, you know, r- risk getting back in time against better players. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought I thought overall the way we set up was for the for the opposition we had and for the players that were out injured and to Decky's point for the lack of a preseason, I don't think you could really have asked for much more on Friday night. Yeah, but uh, Bulger, sure, he'll bring uh, some serious impetus with him uh, when he oh, comes yeah. back. Yeah. Great yeah. to see a shit house in uh, Woods, but uh, also great to see Tim Cl- Clancy showing some aggression on the sideline. He got stuck into poor old Conor McCarthy a carry at one stage as well, uh, Decky. Good to see on the sideline for once. Yeah, look, I mean, we've had a quiet sideline with, with two or three years now, to be fair. And, like, it wasn't just Conor McCarthy got it. It was the fourth official was getting it all night as well, you know. And you want to let them know we're around. I mean, Nathan Wood gave the linesman on the Donny Ford side an absolute battering of a mouthful soon after half time because he didn't agree with an offside call. Now, I don't know whether Nathan was offside or not. You know, he obviously didn't think he wasn't. But... Like he went back to it three or four times. Like sixty seconds later, two minutes later, he turned around to throw another volley as well. Like you know, and it's like we spoke about this previously. We didn't have we didn't have players who kind of had that in them, and it might make no difference. But some night, somewhere, there will be a linesman who won't put up the flag the second time because he took such a battering from Wood the first time, and Wood will score, and there'll be a commentator on LOI TV going, oh my God, he's a yard and a half offside, how did they not put up the flag? Well, he didn't put up the flag because Nathan Wood scared the living shit out of him the last time he put it up, and he just decided he wasn't going to put it up against them anymore. And as I said, they're the small things, the small percentages that um, can be between winning and losing a game. And um, yeah, Tim was... On the fourth official, he was, yeah, exactly, and he was on the fourth official, and he was, you know, and he's right, and, you know, coming to Turner's Cross should not be an enjoyable experience for anybody, bar the fans and the Cork City players and management. It shouldn't be an enjoyable experience for the officials, it shouldn't be an enjoyable experience for the opposition, and because it's not an enjoyable experience experience for the opposition it shouldn't be an enjoyable experience for their their fans either because they should go home having been well beaten every time and it's a while since turner's cross was a genuine bear pit you know it's it's been three or four seasons if not longer since the cross was a genuine difficult place for teams to come and play football and i hope that Tim Clancy's attitude and go get them kind of style on the sideline. And I hope the likes of Nathan Wood and, you know, Greg, when he comes back and Jack Doherty is a bit of, you know, you said the yeah. shithouse 
Dan, you know, but he does have a bit of like he got booked there, and I was half expecting to see the red card come out. To be honest <laughs> with you, you know, um, needlessly like what was he doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, boy, I, I thought it was the red. Jack, to be honest. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, so like we weren't afraid to leave a foot in, and you know, Sean Murray is a big, strong lad, and as I said, he just kind of marauded around the middle of the pitch. But I've no doubt that some night he'll give some fella a kick and a flake around the back of the head as well to keep a fella in line, like you know. So, like, I, I hope we turn the cross back into the bear pit that it once was because that element has been missing for a few years now. To be honest, you know. Uh, Henry Heffernan comes in and says the state of the pitch and the price of an adult ticket for a pitch that was not played on for three months it was appalling 20 euro is very steep you would think with playing in the first division they would have lowered the price much of what we said earlier do you think the state of the pitch is going to be a problem throughout the season Decky or is it just going to be affecting the women's side let's let's face it no I think it's a massive problem I think already it's a massive issue um Jack Doherty referenced it in two separate media interviews on Friday night after the game, um, that the pitch was heavy and it felt heavy. Cove Rambers play there next Friday night. Then we have UCD. Cove are playing. So there's six weeks in a row where the, there's a game on the Friday night. On the 9th of March, so Cove are playing there on the 8th of March. Our ladies' team, our women's team, are due to kick off their league campaign the following day on the Saturday against Piedmont. So there's two games that weekend. We're then at home again the following Friday night. Then our women's team are away two weeks running, and then Cove should be finished there. But the pitch isn't going to get a break between now and the end of March. And I just don't see it holding up. I mean, it had... No, I know nothing about horticulture, right? I know I'm living in the country and I could milk a cow and drive a tractor, but I don't know anything about, you know, growing grass of any description, it should be said. And, you know, I, I don't know the, the, the issues and the hardships involved in that, but it just didn't look... At half time, you could see it was cutting up so badly. That was after 45 minutes of football. Lads, this pitch hasn't a hope in hell. Of standing up to the rigors of a season because you've got to remember you have your you know your local monster you know monster senior league yeah. you know the cup finals and all those games are all there to be played there as well and i don't know what work or what work hasn't been done in it i mean there was lovely photographs went up on twitter on friday and we all thought oh whoa look the pitch looks amazing and whatnot but it wasn't and like what I'm told is that pitches are about day-to-day care, and if you bring in a contractor a couple of days before the League of Ireland season starts and they, they cut it lovely and they make it look beautiful and you can take lovely photographs, that's fine. But if you're not doing the day-to-day graft and work on it, you're not repairing it. And Oh, the MFA will be after me now again. But to be honest, it didn't look like it had the necessary work done on it and somebody said that there was due to be um a crossbar challenge at halftime and that was called off because the mfa insisted that the pitch wasn't up to it so our they didn't want it on for the pitch a, so like for a shagging crossbar challenge yeah you yeah, know they, no that's a that, that's that's what i was told i cannot stand over that and verify it in any way yeah. even Jeez. at the start you know before the game as well though they had um the the goal post the goal mouths um 
covered off, pegged Closed off. off yeah. So that yeah, so people couldn't actually go into those areas. So the goalkeepers were doing their warm up on the the other goals to the side. But even the shooting drill at the end was done to the goalpost to the side. They wouldn't no no one went near the penalty boxes. Um, you know, before the game started. Um, but like I, I do think Decky's point there, like it's not just City Cove and the City women's team that are going to be playing there over the next couple of months. Like Munster Youth Finals, Interleague Finals, all these are going to start picking up once we hit the start of March. And that, like, there's something like between, I think in the month of April, Turner's Cross holds something like, you know, 40 games. There's there's two a day um, for, for most of the month. Yeah, like, because all, all, the, all the, the Cork, Munster, all ages, all grades, finals. Like some of them will only be under twelve games, under thirteen games, but it takes a huge amount of traffic. Still, Jesus, and it's not, it's not going to get a chance to rest. Like I know, look, the other side of it is the weather. This winter has been brutal. It's very hard to keep pitches going, but at the same time, sit here paying a a huge rent. I'd imagine, but. It is now time for the most prestigious award in world football. It is your Totap MVP. We had. 465 votes this was our biggest ever uh, voting figure uh, except for when all the Bargaries vote uh, the results Jack Doherty came in at 66% Cahill O'Sullivan came in at 27% Nathan Wood 5% and Aaron Healy was at 3% and you know what we're going to go straight into our uh, brand new segment for this year we're going to go two-word answer this year because the penny for your thoughts thing, there were so many of them coming in. It was getting impossible to read them all out. So hopefully this will be a bit snappier. Irish Football Blog says, Routine Victory, Republic of Ireland Player Tracker, Cahill O'Sullivan, oh, this is about six words, seven words. Cahill O'Sullivan looks to be a real gym for you. Uh, Kyle Williams, Case Swilly, f***ing buzzing. Uh, Fiona C says, Expensive Boots. Stephen Burke says, Jack and Off, Joshua Kelly, Invincible Damn! Season. Damn! Dan, 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 Dan. Are you trying to get my attention? Dan, do me, yeah, that? do me one favor, right? Two words means two words. Anybody who sent in a, a half an essay or three <laughs> words or one word or one, don't read them. Two words is two words. We read the two words and that's it. In my All right. opinion. Wayne Mullins comes in. Sublime debut. Connor Macca, jacking off. Billy Dorney, effing... Magic, uh, Kean Higgins, Jack and Off, Duncan Noonan, top scorer, Anthony O'Sullivan, Decky's Calluses, uh, Shirts on the Wall, Decky's Wrist, Boring <laughs> Keen Coleman, Young Boys, Sean O'Malley, Sexy Football, I think they're all aimed at you, Decky. Uh, Garrett, more, excite, more excitement than a fart Barry, says 5,500. Anthony Falvey, Tota Bankrupt, Jack Keller, Cahal O'Sullivan, Dylan, uh, Going Up, uh, Cork M. Oh yeah, we're not reading his. It's about twenty words on that. James Greenham, first division, yawny emoji, uh, three maybe. I will give it some. Uh, David Crowley, good start. Uh, Jack Cahal O'Sullivan, Roy O'Sullivan, Jackie's boots, Dylan inbred Langers, uh, Kevin O'Connell, prediction right. Tony Daly, good start. Alex Jack Doherty, Sean, and brilliant. Ben O'Donovan, six fingers. Owen Donovan, lackluster performance. Uh, Gerard Tuig, Dickie's fapping. The Donny Ford Ultra Mega Sergeant Platoon, quite promising. Uh, Larkin Owens, great start. Revan Doctor going up. Zach Daly, good start. Roseberry, fantastic. Inky Ink, early days. Colin, goals in the bank. Philly Crowley, two halves. The uninvited guest, Darty Goat. Nate Boy, Darty, fantastic. Topper, no sausages. 
Mike McCarthy going up, youthful men, says Tommy Kearney, Eagle O'Pigle, Division Champs, Connor Buckley, Sexy Football, Tony Ticket Prices, Ben F. Fucking Library, Edo, I don't know, a soccer shite. Uh, there, and there's more replies, lads, but it's taken more than Penny for your thoughts, I would actually say. <laughs> Dan, I have to say, witnessing that was really, really impressive. Like, just to see it done live was, you know. <laughs> uh, so, for the first time ever, we allowed the Toe Tappers to WhatsApp us voice notes. Now, we don't censor people here on Toe Tap. That's a slight lie. As if you're just sending voice notes in telling us players are straight up shit for no reason, uh, we're not going to play in those, which actually did happen. So keep that in mind when you're sending them in. Uh, and don't forget to send us your messages and voice notes. Write this number down now. 089-452-7762. That's our WhatsApp number to reach us at uh, any time when the mood so strikes. Uh, Dickie, you have a few uh, a few of these WhatsApps lined up. Uh, yeah, I'm going to play I'm going to play the audio there. Can I just say that we got lots of messages as well and at least 90% of those messages pertained to either me having a repetitive strain injury again to people inquiring how my hands were after Friday night um to inquiries about jacking off in the Donny Ford you know I appreciate everybody's concern and yes I did have a good night Friday night in I thought you know it was it was nice to see Jack show up two years after I first brought the idea up and to see him get a brace on his debut made me really really happy so I do thank everybody for their uh, their concern and inquiries as to my well-being. We were trying to come up with, you know, what we're going to call this section. And oh, this is another thing. If you drop us a WhatsApp voicemail, then we own that voicemail and we can do anything we want with it. And somebody dropped us a WhatsApp voicemail. And in their honor, we have now called this whole WhatsApp section, You Say It Best. You say it best when you leave a voice note. <laughs> That, that sounds like uh, Cupid. It's 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 a friend of the pod. I mean, look, a stranger, but they left us a voice note, and we've taken that voice note, and that's, we have yeah, Chris in the whole section. You say it best because it's it's actually fitting, you know. Um, it's actually fitting. So look, these are some of the uh, messages that we got in anyway. Hello, you are through the Totap Towers. Sorry, we can't take your call right now, but please leave us a voice note and we will play it on our podcast. Thank you. Cork City are going to beat Kerry 3-0 tomorrow. We'll win the first division. Because it's shit. Wexford will come second and they'll go up too. Jacking off, jacking off with Decky. Jacking off, jacking off with Jacking off, jacking off with Decky. Paying for all the classy way. What a fucking win. That Matthew Kieran I left back. Generational talent. He's something else. I'm telling you. Left back, 17, first start, clean sheet. Fuck me, what a man. He had that Kerry winger in a chokehold. Couldn't get past him for shit. Matthew Keenan, I'm telling you, one to remember. 
Matthew Kiernan is the future of Cork City FC. Thank you very much. What a f***ing crowd here for the first game of the season. Jesus. Kick off full stack. Hopefully the match is just as good as the f***ing the crowd is. This is the boy Barry. Good luck. You're going to have to increase the Patreon prices here for uh, Jack Darty because he's going to score some of the f***ing goals. Wow. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Thanks to all the good Week one. There. <laughs> Week I, I think one. this I mean... is only going to grow and grow. Hopefully, all I all I all I've taken from it right is the two lads in the middle there with Matt Matt Kiernan as the future of Cork City. Those two lads, whoever they are, I think they have massive potential to be WhatsApp regulars on a weekly basis. And like, we should start taking live callers. Yeah, like I mean, like there's a part of it that sounds like they got lost in their way to Musgrave Park and actually ended up in the wrong stadium. But, like, you know, it's fantastic. And I actually had to cut out some of it because, as I said, we're not going to... Um, we're not going to abuse people um, either. But, as I said, they do have potential to, uh, to, 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 to maybe be something. And that was... You say it best when you leave a voice note. And that concludes half four. For our first half, Tapper, come back to us in half two. We're going to have the Finn Harps preview as well. We're going to have a route around our mailbag. Come back in part two. The New Cork Business League, no longer the Shipping League, season starts on 16th of July. And Cork Business League no longer the Shipping League, will be educating teams and players about workplace well-being throughout the season. If you would like to enter a new team in the Cork Business League, no longer the Shipping League, just search Cork Business League, no longer the Shipping League, on social media platforms and follow the steps from there. Back to part two, Toe Tapper, Friday the 23rd of February. City take on Finn Harps in Bally Beaufet. Who starts? Who's dropped? Is anyone dropped? John O'Sullivan. I suppose it depends on who's available to come in. Um, but no, I'd say I'd say the team possibly stays as is. I, I know Matthew Murray will be back from international duty. Um, and I know Decade tipped him last week to, to you know to, to possibly start. Um, but um no, I, I think keep 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 winning team together if you can. Obviously it depends on the likes of Greg Bulger if he's available. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy enough with the same eleven started. Be a different test though. Dicky, do you think that eleven is good enough to uh, get a win up in Valley Buffet? They'll have to up the performance from last Friday night, but they know that. You know, Tim Clancy speaking afterwards was well aware of that. That you know. They won the game against the opposition that was put in front of them. It's 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 a level, maybe two levels required against Finn Harps on Friday night. Obviously, people will know at this stage that Harps went to Longford on Saturday night. They were 2-0 down, got back, won the game 3-2. So we know they have two things. They're going to have confidence, and they obviously have massive character. No, they, so, they, they lost, didn't they? No, they won 3-2. They, they were 2-0 up. No, that was Longford. Longford were 2-0 up and uh, Finn Harps came back sorry, and beat sorry, them 3-2. Sorry. I, I was thinking that alone for some reason. Sorry, I see the top of the table there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, Harps will have character and um, 
confidence about them, success, success Edugan is a good player, like most players playing first division in Ireland. He's lacked consistency. That's been his his massive downfall. But I remember him playing for Treaty United. It was August 2022. They beat us 2-0 in Turner's Cross. No, was that a bank holiday Monday? Now that I think about it, was was it a five o'clock kickoff or something? But they came down and they beat us, and we were well on our way to promotion at that stage. And he destroyed us that day, and like he destroyed, you know, that was Kean Coleman and Ali Gilchrist back there, and you know, with experienced fullbacks either side of them. If success is on his game on Friday night and fancies it, um, he could cause us massive problems. He scored and had an assist um, for them in Longford on Saturday night. So I think there are issues there that we are going to have to deal with. Um, like, I don't know how Finn Harps are going to approach the game. If I'm, if I'm in Finn Harps camp, I'm saying to, especially to success, you know, at times, forget about battling it out with the centre-halves. Pull out and Harry Nevin. Pull out and Matt Kiernan. Matt Kiernan, like, we discussed this on Friday night, John, you know. We're actually a physically small side, Dan, you know. Mm. We don't have a lot of height about us. And success is a big, tall, strong man, you know. And if he pulls over onto Matt Kiernan, the height difference there is is is, is massive, is substantial, you know. So I could see Harps doing things like that, <clears throat> whereby they tell him to pull out left and pull out right on Harry Nevin and... and, and hit diagonal balls for him knowing he's most likely and then try and get runners coming from midfield off him so i think we're they have potential to cause us an awful lot of problems and sorry and then it, it's it's up to tim clancy to identify what those problems might be and and for our coaching staff to come up with a game plan and a way of um dealing what they they, they expect harps to throw at us great success it had to be had to be done. If only I was Shreen and no one had a little thing made. But uh, John, your prediction? I to be honest, I'd probably take a draw. Um, I, I, I the, the one thing that I did notice um, on Friday night, and I think Finn Harps. If I was the Finn Harps management team, I'd be looking at how we set up from corners. Um, we we left um, King Coleman just standing, kind of in a, in a free roll. But we, we were outnumbered at the edge of the box. I think if we give someone like Success Erdogan and, and some of the lads, if we give them a run on the ball um, and if there's good deliveries in, and, and Finn Harps are going to be well marshaled in set pieces, I, 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 I worried about that setup. It looked kind of like almost like kind of a zonal setup. Um, and again, physically, an open belly buffet, you know, it, it's, a, it's a long journey. The prep has to be right, even in going up there. Um, but yeah, I, I think we probably, it's one of those you probably could do with. Like a player like Connor Dryden and having more minutes under his belt for the physical side of it, um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm wary of it. But then I'm I'm wary of every game. I was wary last week as well before the Kerry game, and look how that turned out. So hopefully, I'm just overly pessimistic. Give us give us a score prediction. Uh, one one. One one. Okay, Decky. I miss Scotty at times like this because if 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 Scotty was here, John, not that I don't want John here, sorry, it's going to sound off, but 
John wouldn't be here. And I would have been saying exactly what John said there. I, I'd probably take a draw. I'd go for 1-1. One, one, and Scotty would be roaring into the microphone. This is a fucking draw. Fucking embarrassment is so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're Cork City. You can't. Do you hear what you're saying? You can't be going on like that. Um, but I agree with John. I actually, I think we're such, like, we're such a young side. Um and it's hard to see Greg coming back into that side. You know, he doesn't have minutes and, you know, he has no minutes in the tank yet. And it's hard to see him coming back in. There isn't any real experience to come back into the side. So, like, he might start Barry Coffey, maybe instead of Aaron Healy. Not any reflection. I thought Aaron Healy was very good the other mm-hmm. night. But as John has mentioned, Harps are going to be physical they're going to be a tough, tough side to play against up there. It's also their first home game of the season. They've had a brilliant win away in, in Longford. That's going to put bums on seats as well. People are going to say, do you know what? No, they were two down. They won three, two. Your man success had a good game. Um, and it's Cork City, you know, the biggest team in the league. You know, yeah, this is a game I want to go see. First home game. So they could have quite a big crowd there as well. And um, I think there's, there's lots for us to overcome. But like I, I'd be confident that we can over. It's a great test. It's a great test early in the season to to see exactly where you are. You know, it's a fantastic. And then you have UCD in town the following week. You know, they're two two big games. But I would say of the first round of games, this is the toughest game by far that we have because we're home to UCD. We're home to Bray. You know, we're you know nobody else really. We're away to Wexford, but like pff, they were demolishing that loan the other night already. So like. I think this is the toughest game of the nine opening ga- of nine of the nine games of the opening series. So I I think I agree with John. I think I would take a point. I'm not going there looking for a point, but yeah. I think I would take a point. Um, yeah. I unfortunately agree. Scotty wouldn't. Sense- I, I, yeah. yeah, no. I would say Scotty <laughs> wouldn't though. Yeah. You definitely get sense those boys are going to be uh, going for young lads like. Not to be taken out of context, obviously. <laughs> well, like it, it can happen, and like I mean, okay, you saw it the other night when your man Paul asked Jack Doherty, like he made mm. no, no. I know Jack had a, had a poor tackle himself, like, but that was just a revenge tackle you, and from your man. Like he was like, I don't care where the ball is, I don't care, I'm just kicking across you, and that's it, you know. 100%. And yes, there's going to be plenty of that. There's going to be plenty of that, not just in Bally Buffet, but there's going to be plenty of it across the season. And it's it's something that we have to get used to in this division. But the other side of it is, if we weren't in this division and we were still in the Premier Division, then you wouldn't be seeing Carlo Sullivan, Aaron Healy, Matt Kiernan starting together on a Friday night in Turner's Cross either. You know, so like there's give and take, and um, like I uh, I take a point. I'm not going there looking for one. I'm going there looking for the tree, but. If the performance isn't a level or two up from what we saw Friday night, we will come home at nothing, not a mind a point, you know. Score prediction. John already took the one all, like so. Um, do you know what? I I don't really want. I, I, yeah. Okay, I'd say two all. I'm going to go two all because I think I think there are games this season where we will score goals. John has spoken about our defensive setup, um, and I think I saw things on Friday night that made me think there's going to be a few games, maybe more than a few games this year, that we are going to have to win four two three two, 
those kind of scorelines because I do think there are times and in games where we will concede goals, which is fine if we have the firepower to score three or four, then it's not a massive issue, you know. I think it's going to be close. I'm going to go 2 1 to City. And since boring Keen Coleman again came up with this idea that we uh, contact a fan, he's now getting called at nine o'clock on a Monday night. Hello. Boring Keen, it's Dan. What's the story? How's it going, obviously, like? <laughs> I'm good here, good here Keen, a good game on uh, good game last week. Uh, what what were your thoughts on it? Uh, interesting game. It's, it's prepared as well for the trip to Donegal then. I mean, obviously not happy about missing Saturday night the Tommy Tiernan show, but look at the end of the day we're gonna have to perform up there and get a result. Yeah, it's reckon um it'll affect your bingo night. I mean there's a big turnaround there between the Friday up in Paddy Buffet and then getting back down. Should be okay for the Sunday. I spoke about it to Tim, and that was one of the things when I thought uh, there was a bit of a delay in me agreeing to sign back, to be honest with you, Dan. And a lot of it was bingo related, but uh, we sorted it out. Well, look, uh, Keen, well, to have you on the phone, it'd be rude not to get a prediction for the match. Well, what do you think the score is going to be? Well, look, as I say, obviously, like, it's going to be a big test of us uh, to go up and get a result and uh, to dig one out. So, obviously, I think 2 1 to Harps. <laughs> Keen. <laughs> Best of luck on Friday. Hopefully, uh, your prediction will come through for the fans. As I say, obviously, like lads, thanks for the call. Thank you. Thanks, Keen. Thanks. <laughs> Keen Coleman, everyone. It's great to get him on the pod. Who said Cork City don't let us talk through our players? Um, oh. Postman Pata, Postman Pata, Postman Pata, and in black and white, Kiata. The Kiata Matrix. Early in the morning. Right, Garrett, more excitement than a fart, Barry. Um, are we as long-time supporters always uh, too miserable and negative towards the club? Case in point, I thought the crowd would be about 2k, but it was 5.5k. Also, um, there felt a buzz around the cross Friday night. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely amazing. I think I predicted three and a half um, on the pod the week before. Uh, Decky, were you surprised with the crowd that showed out and I wouldn't say the atmosphere yeah, was no, amazing, like, but there was a decent crowd. Yeah, and like, I mean, there was five and a half thousand people there. I said I thought they'd get four thousand. Um, I did say, you know, in the build-up that if, if if we're playing well and we're winning games, we will get crowds, and I, I do honestly believe that. I think opening night, I think the carry factor was definitely something. Um, and look, here's the thing: we gave out about the club and not being active on social media and too many games behind closed doors, and you know this, this, and this. And we said it was a strategy, and you have to say the strategy worked. There was five and a half thousand people in Turner's Cross on Friday night, so fair play to the club for for making that happen. You know, um, obviously there will be other nights in Turner's Cross, and there will be other games, and UCD are not an attraction, so. That would be an interesting um, crowd to see what happens there. But somebody's dog is active anyway. Don't like UCD. Um, but yeah, she hates. Look. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I think it's it's it was a great, great crowd, great turnout. Hopefully, they will all be back. If we can win in Bally Buffet, then we go into that UCD game on the back of two wins. And you would imagine that you would pick up another four, four and a half thousand for that UCD game because 
The thing is, as I keep saying it, people don't care what division you're in. If you're winning games, you're near the top of the table. Okay, we care because we're living this stuff for 30 years. But the casual supporter, the, the people who are into it, just want to go see winning football. They want to see teams score goals. They want to be entertained. They want to see players interacting with the crowd and interacting with their kids. And the number of kids waiting outside the dressing room on Friday night for City players was Crazy. unbelievable, you know? Biggest I've ever Crazy. seen. Yeah. And I mean, they were waiting for Jack Darty and, you know, understandably so. And there was but like, I mean, it was fantastic to see. And yeah, I think if we keep winning, we will, um, we'll keep getting big crowds. Nick Lopina says, average age of LOI sides, dot, dot, dot. John, I'm not particularly sure what he means by this. Is I think he means, is it a worry that our side is so young? No, I, th- I think it's more maybe asking the question, are we one of the younger sides in the division? But it's not something I'd be worried about when we've seen the quality of the young players we have. It is a quite a young league um, anyway. Um, but yeah, look, I, I Look, there was a good few young lads in the Kerry team as well, but we have exceptionally good young players, so definitely not a worry for me if uh, we're one of the younger teams overall, because we do have that bit of experience as well going through this the squad, like King Coleman, Greg Bulger, Sean Murray, and Nathan Wood looks like he's kind of a talismanic figure up front as well, so I wouldn't be too worried about that. Um, Dylan comes in and says why do stewards tell young lads I'll save the bleep here Decky to F off and sit somewhere else as the shed is full I, I don't know there was an, there was something else there about a fight in the back of the shed as well on a Friday night there I was don't um, know. I, there was a, like a fella about 50 or 60 like all the you know had the ultras um, you know with all the flags and stuff and I thought that was great to see and then there was a load of I would say a load of lads there's two or three of them shouting at him to put all the flags down stop waving them and the flags weren't even in their eye, li- eye line for when when the action was happening so I didn't get that at all I just thought people were looking to go and start on a bunch of young lads to be honest right okay look I wasn't in there I can't comment on it but I mean you know what the shed is if you're going into the shed yes there will be flags waving yes there will be songs sung um some of which you might not like so like i stay out of the shed because i don't want to have flags waved in my face and because i don't want to sing and chant and all those things you know that's why i go up to the the Donny ford with the warders original and i'm quite happy up there so look i mean everybody knows at this stage that what the shed is and, and where it is. So if you're in there and you're giving out about it, just leave and go sit somewhere else. There's a whole ground there you can go sit in, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Jack Geller comes in, Cahill O'Sullivan. Um, and are we trusting Clancy's faith in the youth? I think so. I mean, on the back of that performance, you'd have to definitely take it on, wouldn't you? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I suppose, look, the thing is, though, you have to you have to mind them as well. Like, like it was good to get Franco... Or sorry, Jaden, who may on um uh for you know twenty minutes or whatever it was, um you know and and not put him in a position like Decky mentioned last week that we were we, the game was won we weren't chasing it let him come on you know he was able to chance the bicycle kick that nearly went in um Carl and uh, Carl did really really well but you know still only sixteen and there's going to be games like up in Finn Harps next week where people will be targeting to kick him up and down the pitch so you kind of have to mind him as well a little bit but fantastic young players yeah. Yeah. Dylan Hennebury fight, fight in the back of the shed Friday night again I didn't see this uh, worst place in Cork 
Sounds like there was a full and scrap in there. I did. I didn't see it to be honest, Dylan. Um, Topper at the secret duffer. Did anyone in the club bother to tell Clonakilty sausages that the season started on Friday? Chicken burger was so bland. I thought I had COVID again. Sorted out, city. Hashtag priorities. Hashtag sausages. Dicky, what an absolute rattling disgrace! The Clonakilty sausage stand wasn't open. Oh, I, I, is it going to open it? I don't know. Like, I mean, um, it was closed for a lot of games last year as well. So uh, I don't know what's going on. I mean, there was a time where, you know, ha, when I, when I was going to say there was a time I asked the club what was happening. You'd be t- But like, uh, I, I don't know. I personally, I would be surprised if the Clan Kilty stand is open for home games this year. Just my opinion, and I would be surprised, but it could well be. Um, but just on what um, that chap's saying there, I think we said it on one. I think we said it on some pod. I, I can't remember what we say on what pod, no, and whatnot. But um, Richie will be with us at some stage during the season to um, do a fe- do a feature on the food in Turner's Cross. So um, I'm sure that is something. Jesus, that and another would... lad will be bent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, um, I'm sure that's something that would interest a lot of people anyway. So um, I was talking to him lately and he has confirmed that he's still up for doing it. It's just a matter of uh, when we can all get together to do so, but something to look forward to. Pure dirt. Um, are you going to say something there, Dickie? <laughs> yeah, I was just going to, because John mentioned Franco Umo when he was talking about Jaden, but just to say... Congratulations to Franco because he is on the bench tonight for the first time ever for Crystal Palace. Um, and what a better place for for him to to make that bench debut than glorious Goodison Park he come on? the Royal Blue. The Royal Blue of Everton. Um, well, he can probably not, look, to be 50, fair. There's 54 minutes not, on. But... No. Okay. No, it doesn't look like he yet anyway. Yeah, he's on he's on the bench, so I guess he obviously has some some chance of coming on. But look, it's the next step on his um, on the ladder of his career. So congratulations to him and the very best to, the best of luck to him. Absolutely. Um, a reminder as well. I think this is the first time I've seen it. Is it? I don't know how people pronounce it. Collins, Cocklins. They're showing the game on Friday night. So it's the first time I've seen like a pub advertise that. So I think that's a really good uh, initiative from all involved there. Well, that's uh, a yeah. forest meetup, Dan. It's a forest meetup. Is is it only exclusively a forest meetup? Oh, no, I wouldn't say so. Um, but I, I, well, Jaron Collins might like hope that it's not. You know, he's probably wondering about how many people are going to turn up now that he's advertised it. But um, yeah, no, it's a it's a, a forest meetup. Um, they, they they put it out there in the members' mill during the week. So, oh, look, I think it's a great initiative. It's really good because it creates a, somewhere for fans to meet up and chat about the game, watch the game together. So. All good, great idea. Yeah, I think so. I think more pubs around. I think more pubs around the city should definitely take advantage of it. Dicky, you're going to say something? I was just going to clarify what I said because I said it was a forest meetup. It's not a forest meetup. It's a meetup for any fan who wants to go. It's just organised by Forest under okay. the Forest banner, yeah. but it's one hundred percent open to any fan who wants to go watch the game in the company of other Cork City fans. Perfect stuff. I'll try uh, make my way down there. Um, yeah, that concludes our pod. We're third in the table at the moment, behind Athlone and Treaty. Uh, big thank you to our Patreons. Thanks so much to everyone who's joined over the last uh, number of weeks. It's been uh, absolutely huge. Uh, 
can sign up patreon.com forward slash totap lads do you have any final thoughts for the week ahead can I just say something that I forgot about you know just just as people think thank god the pod is ending here comes Decky in to keep him probably another 20 minutes right but it was just something I noticed Friday night and nobody's going to care about this but I just want to make people aware there's a change in policy in so much that um we never post game and and rarely pre-game as well provided players to the media for interview we never did it in Colin Healy's time post game Colin didn't want the players talking to the media. I'm not. I'm sure it wasn't just Colin's thing, but and it was a bone of contention, Dan. And you know this because we used to get some um, feedback from other journalists and that, especially the away games. Some of the dur- journalists in Dublin used to be given out that there was never, there was no custody players made available to them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That changed on Friday night. Jack Doherty was made available to the press post game, and that's the way it should be. It is written in the participation agreements that manager and a player or two should be available to the press. It's just something we never, we haven't done for the, for the last, um, definitely two years. It might be three years, but that changed on Friday night. So hopefully, sorry, hopefully post game, we will hear from, from players as the season goes on. Now that looks like how it's going to be anyway. Yeah, it was good as well. They post the full, uh, press conferences from Jack and Tim. That was interesting as well, Dan. And I'd be interested to see what they do with away games because they did post it and and fantastic. But that is something that we used to do at away games. Remember, you know, you'd go into a huddle or I I was at a couple and we'd just record what was said and we would put it out as audio. And we got some some good stick from journalists around the place saying that we shouldn't mm. be putting that audio out and that you know etc yeah. etc et and we always i mean i think journalists are kind of falling out with us over it at one stage you know and um oh did they, they they got rightly annoyed at me for yeah, this, this yeah. at the end of the season like we're itchy like yeah. like well you only get one chance with the cork city lads a lot of the time so I'm and that was it there. and that was going to be my that was going to be my point because city City manager only speaks once, and that's to the assembled place. Some of the Dublin lads will talk to the papers first, then they'll talk to any radio, and then they'll talk to any online publication. So there's three different goals. Cork City don't do it that way. It's one. So my point is when we go away, if the club record... No, it's, of course, it's not a big deal because we're not in the Premier Division now. But long term, they probably need to look at another solution because they will get negative feedback from journalists if we're back in the Premier Division and say we're up and we're playing shells or pats or rovers and the club record the questions like they did the other night, the journalists asked them and put out that audio, put out that thing. I presume they'll get the same feedback we got, which was highly negative from people within the industry. I don't know if they can. You know, they might have to have, I think about it long term, but at the moment, yes, it's it's fantastic. And, you know, long may it continue. My, my, my opinion is, it's the modern world. <laughs> if the game happens, you go with it straight away. And that is my opinion. And I'll still hold it. Yeah, and I understand. And I, like, I don't disagree with you. And, and you know, we the thing was that I always said to the people who got on to us about it is that you're not, you're, there's no point in talking to us. 
Cork City only do one huddle and that's it and we have to take whatever is available in that huddle your issues with the club it's not with us but look um, we're getting into things now that were happening way behind the scenes that nobody ever publicly knew about or needed to hear about you know but um, I just thought it, it is an interesting change of policy from the club of course that comes down to the fact that they don't have a media partner was obviously 96 FM, Red FM are gone, and 96 FM obviously haven't stepped into the breach. That was evident on Friday night. So there is nobody doing all, like there was no, um, Cullum wasn't on the pitch like he was all last year because that was part of the Red FM deal. There's nobody stepped into that breach. So there's nobody so, doing Rory those interviews got with him. for off the ball. And I don't know, is that going to be a continuation over the season? What's the story? But there was no media partner, but he, he did get him for off the ball on his own. Oh, no, I understand that because Tim spoke to the journalist. But my point is, Red FM would have, Cullen would have done that interview. And that was always the first media job that the manager did. They always did that interview with Cullen before they went in to meet the rest of the press or whatever else. And nothing else ever went out online before Cullen's piece with Red FM went out. They were all parts and parcels of, you know, tie ups and media. Um, partnerships and everything else all that's gone so when Rory and those lads are talking to Tim they're just talking working for their own outlets um, and they can do whatever they want with that audio whenever they want to so okay but it's good to have options and good to have people putting stuff out definitely John any final thoughts hopefully we won't go into bigger <laughs> spiel of that now for this time but uh... no just thanks for having me and I'm looking forward to listening when Wayne's back <laughs> Perfect stuff. Perfect stuff. There's <laughs> uh, nothing else left to say, but adios, amigos. Adios. Adios.